Welcome to Nighttime Scientific Monologue, Episode 4. My name is Pavel Rozhov. First of all, thank you very much to everybody who has tuned in for the last couple of episodes. I really appreciate it. And uh, today I'd like to talk about a subject matter that I've recently come across on LinkedIn, which I think is not just a a monologue for half an hour which what I'm about to attempt to do but ultimately a discussion for many many people and uh, over over many future months and that is obviously the subject of COVID-19 vaccine many of you know that there is a large effort around the world to develop um, COVID-19 vaccine but um, you may or may not know there are a number of different candidate vaccines that are currently in development by a number of different companies all around the world at various stages of development and investigation. And um, obviously this is where it gets very interesting because the discussion that I have seen on LinkedIn, which is the inspiration behind doing this monologue today was initiated by a scientist and the question was if there was a vaccine available for COVID-19 let's say next year would you take it and uh, this is a this is a question that I think obviously a lot of people have on their minds whether they're scientists or not Would you take a vaccine? And uh, I think it is not a trivial question. And this is where it gets very interesting because the debate that I've seen under that um, post on LinkedIn has been fascinating to, to watch with different sides presenting different arguments. And uh, on the, let's stick with maybe with the surface level why I think this is a, a great question and why the responses that I've seen are so fascinating. Well, first of all, let's clear the air on the subject of vaccines in general. Vaccines are super important. Without vaccines, we would have not been able to eradicate diseases like polio, for example. And vaccines prevent mass epidemics, mass pandemics, prevent um, people transmitting the, dise- the, the, the virus or other types of diseases to each other. So without development of effective safe vaccines our world would have looked so much more different than what it looks like now so from that standpoint overall vaccines are critical for the public health so that's the that i believe that wholeheartedly i think i mean every child gets vaccinated for example in Russia where I'm from when they are born with a number of different vaccines against certain common types of uh, uh, diseases 
and um, obviously I would be the first to say yeah that's great many of you know that there is a big issue with uh, um, with measles uh, outbreaks in America due to the uh, due to the lack of vaccination amongst certain populations um, and this is a this is a huge uh, and ongoing issue that America has to deal with so having thought all of that before I saw the uh, the comments under the discussion I thought okay well as scientists we have to be on the side of vaccination a priori because there is I would say very little debate or so I thought about the need for vaccines so imagine my surprise and maybe that's my naivety when I saw different sides of the argument presented in specifically in regards to COVID-19 some people were in favor of vaccination some people were completely against vaccination and there was a lot of middle ground and a lot of caveats to responses so why is that I was so puzzled just from the breadth of the different responses that I've read and that just opened my eyes to so many interesting issues that I think are worth talking um, and raising with not just sci- within scientific community but overall and I think this is an issue that is obviously it has it, 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 it has to do with everybody not just scientists but the debate that I've seen among let's say scientific community within this pocket within this uh, p- post and the comments that I've read I think reflects a broader concern for what we're dealing with now. So let's start with this. The one of the first arguments that I've seen uh, against uh, the vaccine that would be developed eventually, uh, and uh, there's a lot of again, there's a lot of push towards development of the vaccine, and with some estimating that the vaccine may be available sometime next year, maybe early next year, maybe around the summer of next year. So the first argument is that there is a lot, a lot of pressure to develop a vaccine. An immense pressure has been put on all the companies and anybody who's involved in vaccine development now because of such an urgency that our world has in terms of combating the disease. I think nobody would, would, would deny that this is indeed the case, right? There is so much uh, concern for the, the, for the recent um, spikes in the amounts of cases that we see in America and across the world, really, that it's only natural for people to be so anxious about having a vaccine. So the argument was whether the vaccine would be biased, the development of the vaccine would be biased because of the pressure in some shape or form. For example, political pressure, 
or some kind of other type of pressure that leads to some kind of manipulation of the data or skewing at least towards the efficacy because also consider this there is maybe i don't know exactly how it's going to obviously look when the vaccine would be developed uh, but i imagine there is also some degree of financial incentive to developing a vaccine because obviously of such a huge societal need but Maybe let's dive a little bit into the one aspect of uh, the concern, say political pressure. Well, the argument that I've seen is that obviously there is a pressure from governments, uh, and I would say in particular maybe American government, at least that's the one that has been in the news more and more in America, naturally, that potentially administration really wants to, uh, to for that vaccine to be developed therefore exerting some of the pressure on the companies now i think this is a i don't think having having that as an argument in terms of oh therefore we should not vaccinate is is correct because well how do you measure a degree of pressure on a company to develop a vaccine, particularly political pressure. What is the metric? How do you know like, that there is a bias? Just because there is a race against the clock for obvious reasons does not mean that there is a political intervention in the scientific process. At least um, I have not seen yet any credible reports about strongly encouraging companies to publish positive data. Obviously, if this would be the case, if this would be proven to be the case, this would be such a big um, deal in the scientific and pharmaceutical community because this is obviously not how you do science, not how you do research, and let alone that's not how you develop a vaccine. So from that point, just just saying that there probably is a political pressure, therefore there is a bias in the vaccine development, is is a bit of a dangerous and a slippery slope in my opinion, because it does not take into consideration that of course there is going to be pressure, like in any vaccine development, there will be pressure. So what do we have to look for in terms of effective safe vaccine well uh, another sort of second argument was made about not taking a vaccine is just the timeline for the development of the vaccine and sort of the overall let's say safety and efficacy profile and risks uh, associated with taking it now this argument is also very interesting because um, obviously, going back to the, the, the first uh, portion, which is the pressure that we have. Because of the pressure, the timeline to deliver a vaccine is such uh, is, is, is so sh shrunk to basically a span of a year to two years. Because that's, that's has been an expectation from the society to deliver a vaccine within the first year and a half to two years 
And the argument that I've seen is, oh, that's not enough time to develop a vaccine. Well, because again, I guess conventionally the vaccine development takes longer because of all the rigorous clinical trials that have to be done and uh, complete you know, characterization of the safety profile, maybe long-term evaluation of patient um, well-being and all that kind of stuff, which is all great. But using the time as an argument, just saying that, oh, because of the, con- the time constraint, the efficacy and safety profile of the vaccine, potential vaccine, would be compromised, I think is a very bold and uh, I would say dangerous statement to, to, to have. And I would also say it's um, a bit, uh, I don't know what's the correct word. I think it's, it's, it's as if you're sort of looking, looking to the people who are working hard to develop a vaccine and say, oh, because you're working hard and you're going to deliver it potentially, you know, sooner than it was ever done in history, you're going to make a mistake. How can you assume that this is indeed going to be the case? I mean, that's that's dangerously arrogant to build, to just assume that the people who are putting their hard work right now and in, in trying to, to develop something that can be used by millions of people around the world, that those people are completely negligent and they're going to skew their data just because the world pressures them into the case. I'm just saying that while there might be a a possibility that this would be the case, just assuming from the start that this will be the case, I think this is where I take a, um, a stance and I would say you cannot assume the worst in people. So that was another point that was raised against the vaccine. And um, a side note on that was going back to the sort of scientific um, point of view within the discussion was, well, as a scientist, we want to, you know, I would like to see the data on the efficacy, on the safety and all that kind of stuff. And to that, I would say, Sure, I agree um, that obviously before we uh, uh, agree that this vaccine is indeed the one that is going to help people and it is safe, it is efficacy, and it is going to you know actually make the uh, add the benefit that we think it would. Yeah, we need to see hard evidence. We need to see the data. We need to really scrutinize it and make sure that this is true so the argument that I've seen within that was well the FDA approval process and the guidelines that have been set forth for vaccine development against COVID-19 are not necessarily reflective of how it was done in the past and that the standards are somehow lower now than they were before. Well, without going into too much detail, 
and I I haven't personally looked at exact guidelines I've, I've seen only brief synopsis of them but basically there the times to develop a vaccine are changing in as well as the pressure that we have now are putting putting certain um, let's say aspects of vaccine development into a very different light by that I just mean that uh, yes there could be new guidelines that are set forth by FDA in terms of vaccine development but overall they are fairly consistent with what was before so obviously just saying that oh I don't know if I trust FDA or the types of guidelines that they set forth is also a bit dangerous because yes I don't, I don't think also vaccine development is something that is um, the same across the board for every single disease for every single vaccine that has ever entered the market because we also have to think about this out of a number of uh, potential candidates for COVID-19 vaccine there are so many different variations of it and this is something I maybe I should have clarified a little bit is there's various I guess ways to design a vaccine against COVID-19 potentially it could be a part of the virus that is uh, essentially inactive that you then um, uh, sort of use as a as a primer to develop an immunity in a host that's a traditional way of, of doing vaccine development but there's a different ways different parts of the virus that you can use for 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 um, acquiring the immunity so within the broader development of COVID-19 vaccine the guidelines and safety profile and efficacy would be different I guess in regards to the type of vaccine too so just putting it all under the one hat and saying oh the guidelines are all wrong or that the FDA is not trustworthy because of adjusting some of the ways that they are going to address um, uh, the development process and uh, evaluate uh, the results of those clinical trials oh that's a bit dangerous in my opinion so um, this is this was again an example of a scientific uh, or like rather conversation between a few scientists within within the thread that I came across but now let's try and extrapolate that to the rest of the world or at least just try to so this is where what I'm what are my thoughts we have um, scientists who are potentially not are on the fence about whether or not they should be taking a vaccine and uh, on very superficial and high level I almost want to say that doubting the necessity to take a vaccine to administer a vaccine for themselves because of let's say reasons that that they may have or suspicions or whatever else I think is 
extremely dangerous. I'm not saying it's wrong or right, I'm just saying it's extremely dangerous. Because what it effectively creates, it effectively creates uh, a nuclear center of doubt around which more doubt would um, would congregate and would grow. And my fear is the resulting fear of uh, potential flaws with the vaccine may create such distrust among general population that this would actually nullify any and all effect, uh, uh, efforts to develop an effective vaccine, especially if the scientists themselves are not willing to, well, get on board with the vaccine development. Yes, I think we should be um, rigorous in terms of making sure that the data is correct, but but just but coming up with some kind of excuses or quote-unquote reasons for not taking a vaccine now I think is dangerously hypocritical as a scientist because we all preach scientists we all preach that we should be taking back we should get our children vaccinated we should be vaccinating more and more people to avoid proliferation of diseases again like measles for example yet when it comes to the most important time of our lives when we have this unprecedented pandemic we are willing to essentially uh, give ourselves reasons slash excuses for not um, for not taking the vaccine we can say oh I don't think it's efficacy or I don't know if I trust FDA or I don't know if there is a political bias that's all great but bottom line is you're not taking a vaccine you are not choosing to believe or accept other people's evaluation of the safety and efficacy of the vaccine because of your own inherent problems with the way it may have been done but unless you really know of problems or mistakes that were made in the development of the vaccine all you're really left with are your own biases your fears of of some kind of complication as a result of administration of the vaccine or whatever else this is this is such a um very i almost want to say sad um revelation to me that um i am i'm i'm just puzzled i i don't know what to say so here is the disclaimer at this point because obviously with this kind of debate that i've seen um i i pitched in by just saying it's a again it's a fascinating debate and a great question how do we as scientists approach vaccination when it comes to us ourselves our own bodies taking the let's say a vaccine with all its risks with all its potential benefits and all that stuff with all of our biases in terms of do we trust the data do we trust the system and all that stuff so how do i think about it 
Well, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> and um, I, I'm afraid to say, to say the following. And I don't know exactly what is the ultimate uh, reason for me saying that. But I, I happen to, to, uh, <clears throat> to actually share some of the concerns for the um, for the potential risks of taking a vaccine so let let me explain again one of the topics that was or one of the arguments that was brought up in the in the discussion on the vaccine development was the potential complications of taking a vaccine and that's something that I think that's the most let's say scientific of the arguments that I've seen within that discussion and that is to say that well with any vaccine that is being developed because of the fact that you are essentially taking some portion of the virus typically to use it to prime your immune system um, obviously there is some degree of risk and within the discussion the most important argument was well there's so much that we don't know yet about how this virus works and while it's true that we have made a great deal of advances in terms of our understanding especially over the last six months about how SARS-CoV-2 really infects our bodies what types of organs it infects the most and which of them are uh, getting the most damage and so on and so forth in terms of the vaccine development we know even even less so ultimately the safety of the administration of the vaccine is a very very big concern now and i think this is where the time frame of the development also comes into place right where we where it, there has to come enough time enough time has to pass for the vaccine to be tested and verified and again speaking as not like the expert on the vaccine development i would assume that again at least a year and a half to two years is the most reasonable amount of time that would be required to have a, a decent or good candidate vaccine so from that point of view um, that's what that's where I would say oh that's my only concern is I want to be convinced as a scientist that the vaccine has been tested for its safety and side effects if there is a if there is a um, definite proof uh, or that the the safety profile has been uh, vetted thoroughly then I would be convinced that okay there is a, um, uh, th th there is no potential risk for example for me taking um, a vaccine one interesting point that I think I also want to briefly mention uh, which again is also a scientific point and it's I think that's the one that is less loaded with the potential um, potential biases or whatever else and that is obviously the uh, clinical uh, benefit of vaccine administration. And that's also, s since I'm not an epidemiologist, I really want to 
I just also educate myself whether every single person on the face of the planet needs to get a vaccine, in theory. Or there is a cutoff of how many people need to get a vaccine. Or there is some kind of gradation of what kind of people need to get a vaccine and which on what kind of people don't. So this is another point that was raised and I think this is this is also uh, important to consider what are the requirements for getting the vaccine. So I think this debate really showed to me that even as a scientist and knowing full value and importance of getting vaccinated I still have my own let's say doubts and fears over taking the vaccine but purely from the standpoint of the necessity of taking a vaccine of its uh, development timeline and ultimately the results and uh, risk to benefit ratio really so this has been a very um, very interesting discussion to witness and to at least in part be a part of and I'm still my mind is still not sold on like a particular course of action I think there's still much that we don't know um, about what ultimately uh, what vaccine that vaccine would look like and um, how soon we're gonna get it and um, what is what are going to be its benefits and potential risks associated with it so thank you uh, very much for indulging me in this uh, in this monologue thank you very much for listening please find me on uh, on youtube at youtube.com slash p-a-r-y-z-h-o-v for uh, interviews with biomedical industry experts uh, news coverage and my thoughts on some other topics thank you very much for listening until next time good night